0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and today I have a special guest come on the podcast to help me preview the NFC North. His name is Steven Strom. He's from talknorth.com. We talk about everything going on in the NFC North and what to expect for this 2019 NFL season. But before I begin this week's episode, I just want to let you guys know to follow the Instagram account at Franchise Tag Sports. You could also follow the Twitter account at Franchise Tag Pod. On the Twitter account, you'll receive the newest updates as to when the latest episode will be releasing. And on the Instagram account you'll receive some snippets as to what i'm speaking about on that week's episode so make sure to check those out and lastly i wanted to let you guys know to subscribe on apple podcast and give a rating and review it really helps the show but other than that enjoy this week's episode all right so today i'm joined by steven strom of the strom sports show on TalkNorth.com. how you doing man thanks for taking the time hey it's my pleasure man i appreciate you for having me on not a problem. Only the best. Only the best. So uh, let's talk about the NFC North for a second. How do you feel about the NFC North coming into 2019? Um, first of all, I think it's one of the best
0: divisions in football, in my opinion. I think you've got three legitimate teams, and Vegas just came out with the over-unders. You've got three teams at 9.5, the Packers, Bears, and Vikings. And I think the Lions are somewhat of a sleeper going into this year. I mean, I think they did a lot of good things um, in the offseason. They got, Dan- uh, they got Snacks Harrison the former giant they drafted tj Hawkinson. i think stafford coming off his worst year of his career last year is uh is poised to have a bounce back year i think carry on johnson's another one of those guys for my fantasy players out there i think carry on johnson is gonna have a big year this year um so the, the lines are very interesting I, I you know for the bears they've got the fourth toughest schedule in the league this year They have the hardest home schedule in the league this year. They play an average of uh, nine wins per team that come to Chicago. So they're going to have a very difficult schedule, that first place schedule. I'm not a huge Mitchell Trubisky guy. I think they had to do a lot of trickery just to win 12, 13 games last year. And then I think when you look at the Vikings, you know, they went eight, seven and one uh, on a really bad year. They won eight games. They're uh, you know, the last game away from getting into the postseason. So Um, From that perspective, I I think that those three, the Packers, the Bears, the Vikings are going to, this is going to be a really tight division. And for the Packers sake, I think you got a couple of things going for them. I think Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder. I think um, obviously you don't want to face that man when he's, when he's playing with that much attitude. Uh, But at the same time, I don't know about Matt LaFleur. I mean, this is a guy that came from Tennessee who didn't really have a very good offense with Mariota. They didn't put up a ton of points. Their defense was more their identity. And for him to get a coaching job and and to be paired with probably the third or fourth best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I think they did some good things in the offseason defensively. But the bottom line is um, the three teams that are going to compete for the North this year – are going to be between the Bears, Vikings, and Packers. And if I had to choose one, I'm I'm leaning towards the Vikes this year.
1: Yeah, they look good each and every year, and they just really got to pull the trigger a little bit. So, but back to the Bears, I agree with you there. Um, they have a pretty tough schedule coming into this year. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Jaguars, like I think like two years ago. They had the similar defensive strength, but a weak offensive presence. But they're under Mac Nagy, who's kind of like a quarterback, you know, whisper kind of dot, kind of guy, you know, under the Andy Reid Um, do they kind of remind you of like a team like that where their defense isn't going to hold up this year? Do they're a tough schedule? Um, you know, I like the comparison. I
0: I think they're very similar. Um, I I think Trubisky is, is better than Bortles and I'm not even a big Trubisky guy. Uh, another thing about the bears last year was that they, um, were the most healthy defensive team in the league. I mean, uh, other than Khalil Mack, they really were, and Khalil Mack only played 12 games this year, but They were extraordinarily healthy. So I I don't think they can maintain that. Um, I see what you're saying. You know, Jacksonville had probably the best defense in the league two years ago when they got to the AFC Championship. I don't know if the downfall is going to be as as much as it was for Jacksonville, a team that really lost everything. I mean, they lost Bortles, obviously. He's gone. They missed out on the playoffs. They had a bunch of turmoil on the defensive end. I don't know if it's going to crumble like that. Um, but I do think they're very, actually, scary similar in, in, in how they how they won games last year and what kind of quarterback they had um, from that perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel on the Mitch Trubisky thing. He's very good with his legs. I, I'm still not too um, high on him coming into the season, mostly because of his weapons. I mean, uh, offensively, he has a pretty good run game going on, especially with the third-round pick, David Montgomery. But uh, weapons-wise, you got Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, and Cordell Patterson, he doesn't have much to work with there. so.
0: Yeah, you know, it kind of reminds me, it's just a bunch of platoon guys, to be honest with you. It's not like they have a star-studded number one receiver. Um, the kid they drafted, White, uh, a couple of years ago, he obviously didn't pan out. But look, the Bears are who they are, man. They're a defensive first team. That's how they're going to win. Matt Nagy is very creative. You saw them do a lot of trickery type of things um last year i mean they, they have to and when you do those types of trickery and those reverses and all these types, i mean they had two quarterbacks in the backfield at once i think against tampa bay they just did a lot of funky stuff but basically what that tells me is that Nagy does not feel um confident in mitchell trubisky and i think that's where listen bottom line is the nfl if you don't have a quarterback i mean i'm not i'm not going to take you serious and i i honestly i didn't take the bears serious even when they got to the playoffs i didn't think they were I didn't think they were going to be Philly, and they didn't. So um, they were Philly go away. Obviously, Cody Parkey. But until I see the growth and maturation of Mitchell Trubisky, um, I'm not going to be sold on this Bears team, especially going into this year.
1: Gotcha. So we'll jump into the Vikings in ju- in just a second. But I want to bring this up to you because you've been very outspoken about the preseason, and doesn't mean much of anything unless it's the regular season. That's when we're going to see the real thing. Um, is there anything you've seen from this division as of right now in the preseason that kind of scares you, or shows you some glimpses of anything uh, we'll be looking to see in this division?
0: I think pre to me preseason's like drinking non-alcoholic beer. I just <laughs> I never I you know I, I never look too much into preseason. I think that it's too long. I think when people try to um, sit here and try to dissect preseason and try to tell me like yesterday Kyler Murray struggled. And Cliff Kingsbury and um, I think it's so ridiculous because Kingsbury even came out and said we're running this air raid offense uh, obviously he's coming from Texas Tech where he coached Mahomes and he, he he's air raid first you know and they literally came out and said, we're not going to run the stuff we're going to run in the regular season. We're going to run a vanilla type of offense, which is what they did yesterday against Gruden and the Raiders. And they obviously, um, they struggled. And I think when people try to tell me that, oh, man, they're going to really struggle because of these three drives, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. So when I honestly, I, I only watch the Vikings preseason games. Um, this is basically for the coaches. This is to figure out, Who who can, you know, it's basically, for me, a measuring scale. How far are they off from the NFL? How, you know, how close are they kind of thing? Because you got to remember, the NFL doesn't have the minor leagues like baseball does or the D-League like the NBA does or the minors like the hockey does. It doesn't have that. So that's why preseason is so important to these coaches. But I I, I can't sit here and tell you that, you know, uh, Sean Mannion's touchdown throw (laughs) last week is going to, you know, you know jumpstart the Vikings this year you know what
1: I'm saying I gotcha. so we'll talk about the Vikings a little bit um I actually like a lot of the things they did this offseason they kind of really set them up for success which a lot of teams in this league don't do as much um they kind of just nitpick at, as to what positions they need to give money to um but three years 84 million I know you know that number uh is it put up or shut up time for uh, Kirk Cousins now So
0: here's the theory that I have on this. I mean, like when I go through this with people um, and people try to tell me, oh, Kirk Cousins is a waste of money, Kirk Cousins this or that. Well, you can tell me that in two years. And and if he doesn't have a Super Bowl and if he doesn't make the playoffs this year and, um, you know, his numbers aren't what we expect it to be, then you can tell me it's a failure. But you can't tell me that after year one where he goes through two offensive coordinators, where he's going through an – I mean, one of the worst offensive lines that I've seen in, in Vikings history. Um, and, a, and a running back that was in and out of the lineup in Dalvin Cook. I, I can't judge a guy on one year, especially when he threw 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions on 4,000 yards. It's hard for me to just blame Kirk Cousins. Um, so I think at the end of year three, if the Vikings don't win a Super Bowl or don't get to a Super Bowl, then I can honestly say, okay, you know what? This was a failed experiment. They should have stuck with Keenum. They should have, you know, stuck to the formula that they had before. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think Gary Kubiak being added to this staff is huge. I mean, this is the guy, this is the guy that won a Super Bowl with the Broncos a few years ago. This is the guy that was the offensive coordinator for John Elway in ninety eight and ninety nine when they won back to back in Denver. And he's your quarterback coach. Your quarterback coach and overseeing the offensive coordinator. That is such a steal for the Vikings to get. Cannot wait to see what he's able to do. You saw a little glimpse of it last week with the run-first mentality, but um, I'm very excited this year to see what the Vikings can do.
1: Definitely, man. And even if you look at the numbers for Kirk Cousins a little bit, he had 4,298 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's the most touchdowns of his career. Still considered a sloppy year. Now that they're putting it together this year and they lock down all these guys like Thielen and their tight end Kyle Rudolph, and they have uh, Stefan Diggs for a while, you know, it really sets them up a bit. But um, for their offensive coordinator from last year who was fired uh, towards uh, towards the end of the season or midseason, John DiFilippo, uh, For what I've heard, Mike Zimmer has always wanted Stefans- Stefanski there so they can utilize their run game. Um, do you think him now being there permanently as their offensive coordinator will help them in the long run?
0: Oh, 100%. And I think that having a full offseason with your offensive coordinator is huge too, man. I, I, you know, they Kirk Cousins... And Stefanski now had a full off season to work together to get, you know, what Kirk's strengths are, what they want to try to do. You know, with John DiFilippo, he wanted to come in here and run this spread offense. Mike Zimmer is a Bill Parcells disciple. He does not believe in the spread. He wants to run, run, run. That's what the success was on two years ago when they got to the NFC Championship. They ran the ball heavy. Remember with uh, Latavius Murray and Jarrett McKinnon. that was They were run first team last year they were a spread it out shotgun you cannot do that when you have holes in your offensive line so coming into this year Zimmer's a lot more comfortable with Stefanski being the offensive corner and having Gary Kubiak there to oversee it gives him that trust and now instead of him having to dip his hand into the offensive coordinator's basket like he had to do last year he can focus on his defense um, which is what basically Zimmer brought to this franchise the identity of we are defense first and I think they kind of lost that last year especially in the beginning of the year
1: yeah so we'll move over to their offensive line um I know this uh especially this past year there's been a lot of issues with their offensive line first round in this year's draft they draft uh Garrett Bradbury first round pick out of NC State how do you feel about him and how does this offensive line look especially after signing Josh Klein to that three-year deal and um pretty much switching everything over since uh, Mike Revers, Remmers left to ju- uh, sign with the Giants.
0: Oh, I think you're going to see a monumental, monumental uh, difference this year. I think Garrett Bradbury is great for a couple of reasons. Number one, he can move Pat Efron to his natural position to left guard because was playing center and, um, and left guard and doing these, you know, obviously multiple positions where he wasn't used to Um so I think Garrett Bradbury coming in here is going to be um, huge for this team. I also think getting Josh Klein is another big addition. I mean, this guy was a pro bowler a few years ago, and he was very solid on Tennessee. So, you know, the bottom line is with this year's team, if they can figure out a way to protect Kirk Cousins and to be able to get this run game going and able to start utilizing the play action, like I said, man, I think this team can be scary and will have a huge bounce back from last year.
1: So one more thing on the Vikings, and uh, I'll touch up on the Lions a little bit, because I was surprised that you mentioned them uh, first and foremost over anything because uh, they were 6-10 and 10 last year, and they're a bit sloppy. But Vikings overall on the other side of the ball on defense, they're, they're some t- I'm a big fan of that defense. Sometimes they're shaky. Sometimes they're really strong. Uh, how do you feel about them this year on that side of the ball? The, the,
0: li- the, the Vikings or the Lions? Uh, Vikings. The Vikings defensively? Um, yeah, I think they were, you know, in the beginning of the year, they really struggled, I think. Um, because, you know, Zimmer is not very aggressive defensively. He likes to kind of play that conservative style, which has worked for the last couple of years. But I think I want to see them start to blitz more, start to do a little more unique thing, because it's a copycat league in this league. Um, and Zimmer said at the end of the year, we're going to try things that teams haven't seen before. So I'm very interested to see what that is. I mean, this defense, if you look at the names on this defense, I mean, stacked. I mean, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Daniel Hunter, Linville Joseph, Anthony Barr, who came back, who um, had to sign with New York, actually did sign with New York, came back, you know, Eric Kendrick. This is a this is a stacked defense. Um, but the number one question here is health. And for the two corners, Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes, they have constantly been banged up these last few years. So they have to be able to maintain their, their ability and to stay in this lineup. And if they do, I'm expecting it. And last year, I mean, the Vikings finished in top five in points per game and uh, yards allowed. So, I mean, they were, they still had a really good year defensively. Um, but I think that they're going to get back to that consistent 16-game type of top defense uh, in the league. So we'll keep an eye on that, but I think Zimmer will have them
1: ready to go. Definitely. I definitely think the Vikings are going to put on a show this year, especially with the Bears year last year. That was pretty solid, but I think the Vikings are strong enough to overcome them. Um, I know I mentioned the Lions before, but I forgot to touch on the Packers for a second. So for those guys, I got a new offensive, uh, new head coach. um, And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has uh, someone new to play with um, out there. Um, But defensively for them, they actually got to sign a couple people in the offseason. They signed uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I believe, earlier in the year. So they don't have to worry about him for a while. Um, How do you feel about them on defensively? And how is that going to help them offensively for them to perform the way they can?
0: Yeah, I think defensively they've done some things that I like. I think they've got a couple of guys that I really like. They drafted Darnell Savage this year. Um, Blake Martinez has always been solid for them. They've got a younger type of secondary, but I think um I think the loss of Mike Daniels this year was uh was huge. I, I think that, you know, he was an all-pro guy for them. And when you cut him, you know, a couple weeks, a couple days into training camp, I shocked to me. Um, but defensively, this is a team that, once again, it, it just doesn't seem like they build, you know, enough around Rodgers. Uh, to me, the biggest thing with the Green Bay Packers is, you know, if you've had one of the most talented quarterbacks ever. You only have one Super Bowl. They have not built around him. Even his receivers. I mean, other than Devontae Adams, is, is Marquez Valdez Stankley going to be the guy? Is Jimmy Graham going to be the guy? I mean, they just, you know, Jimmy Graham hasn't had a relevant year since New Orleans, so. Um, I think defensively for the Packers, they're going to continue to struggle. And I don't see a lot really in this defense that kind of jumps out to me, especially, you know, they lost Clay Matthews as well. He's obviously in Los Angeles. So they lost some pieces here. Got a really young defense in that secondary. But um, uh, to me, I'm more worried about how Aaron Rodgers is going to play because that's, that, that's, that's a straw that pretty much stirs that drink.
1: Yeah, and we pretty much heard a lot, especially from reports from Bleacher Report and everything, that he likes to change up the plays in the huddle and stuff like that, but now he has another head coach that's younger, and maybe he could actually, you know, evolve with him. But I feel like this year they kind of hit the reset button a little bit. They've been, you know, ever since the year they won the Super Bowl, they've been under Mike McCarthy, so it's going to be a big change for them. Um, How big is that of an impact, especially since we don't know how exactly these guys are going to get along? No,
0: I don't, we don't. And I think that's that's a huge question mark for the Packers this season is what's the relationship going to be between Rodgers and Flair. I mean, you looked at what happened last year. It completely crumbled with McCarthy and Rodgers. I mean, you saw plenty of times Rodgers would take the call from McCarthy and he didn't want to run it. I mean, he tried to audible out of it. And when he did take McCarthy's call, he would take probably one look and throw it away and just kind of look at him and say, oh, see, I told you it didn't work. They did not have a good – Relationship And it's so important for Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers to have that because you've got to be on the same page. You look at the best teams in the league, man, there is no secret to it. The relationship between the quarterback and coach is, is A-1. I mean, it, it, it's, it's got to be good. You've got to be on the same page. Um, but I'm very interested to see what kind of offense they run. I mean, for the last couple of years, I think they've tried to implement the run game a little bit more. You know, with Ed Lacey a couple of years ago, they were able to play – you know, play action. This year, it's a little different. You know, Aaron Jones, who I really like as a fantasy player as well, because he can catch it and run out of the backfield. I'm going to be very interested to see what type of offense is it going to be—a West Coast offense? Is it going to be a run first? So, I'm very interested to see um, how the Packers play this year and how they attack their opponents.
1: Yeah, that should be interesting. So, as you mentioned before, Mike, uh, Mike Daniels actually left to go to the Lions, who are in the same division. Um, I'm sure he probably could have got a bigger deal out of some other team, but I think he signed uh, the one year a uh, one year deal uh, which is I believe nine million if I'm not mistaken, but that's probably that's a definitely a big loss for him to be in the same division. Um, and that offense that defensive front for the Lions is gonna be good to see. Uh, I'm gonna see them a lot this year because I'm officially writing for uh, the Lions on Michigan Sports and Entertainment so I'm gonna be watching very closely, especially awesome. in this division and um, again six and ten do you see more of an improvement or especially defensively since I mentioned before they're getting better offensively is there going to be any difference at all again their their head coach is very defensive minded he's been successful as a defensive minded coach they drafted tight end in the first round and then draft very heavily on defensive players in the later rounds do you think that was more of a gift to the offensive coordinator a little bit for him to work with something else or what do you think
0: Well, just to go overall about this Lions team, I I just think defensively you were just saying. I mean, I I look at this team, you've got Akshawn Robinson, you've got Mike Daniels, you've got Damon Harrison, you've got Trey Flowers from New England, and then, you know, the secondary between Darius Slay, who's a pro baller, and Calandre Diggs, I mean, they've they've really got a sneaky team man. I'm telling you, offensively. You know, Kenny Galladay, he's, he was very good last year. Marvin Jones with battled injury last year was is, is solid. Danny Amendola, uh, you know, an expatriate that's coming over. I think the big thing with the Lions is how they're going to protect Stafford. Are they going to be able to protect him? Because last year they weren't, and that led to his statistically worst career of his, year, of his, uh, of his career. So um, I think it's very, very intriguing, this team. And I, and I continue to say just do not sleep on the Lions this year. Um, Daryl Bevel is their offensive coordinator this year. He won a Super Bowl in Seattle. He worked with Russell Wilson. So he's he's obviously a run-first kind of guy. You know, he was there with Marshawn Lynch was there. So, um, you know, I'm expecting on Johnson to, to really carry the load for them this year, running the ball and
1: receiving it as well. I'm definitely a big fan of uh, Matt Stafford and his game, but I feel like it's very – undershown because he's definitely in the shadows of guys like Aaron Rodgers who's in the same division. They perform well each and every year. The Bears this year put on a show, so they kind of put the Lions, you know, t- to sleep a little bit because they end up in last place. And then the Vikings perform the way they do. Even though they had a shaky season, they still are able to perform. Um, I, I, do you think Matt Stafford is is an underrated type guy for the, you know, the type of arm he has and the type of talent he's with? Is he a victim of circumstance um, being, being in this type of franchise?
0: um so i i to answer your first question i don't think he's under the radar but i I do think that he is a victim of his own circumstances because um let's let's face it here the lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991 i mean the organization has been a pretty much disaster for the last uh 20 years i mean their last relevant Football was with Calvin Johnson, you know, and he obviously retired because of how bad management was and how they weren't building around him, and he felt like he was wasting his career. Um, but you know, Matt Stafford's record speaks for himself. I mean, he is um, god awful against 500, uh, above 500 teams in his career. You know, take it how you want, but I think uh, unfortunately for the quarterback, you take a lot of the blame for these losses. Um, so I listen. Do I think Matt Stafford's a good quarterback? Yes, I think he's in that tier three maybe tier two if he has a really good year quarterback range. Um, but the bottom line is he hasn't won a lot of big games in his career. He has a lot of comebacks. I know he's uh, top in the league, I think, in, in most comeback wins in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, what that tells me is that you're not winning the first three quarters of the game. So I think that's kind of a misleading stat. Um, so, uh, you know, Matt Stafford, to me, when it, if it, when it all goes down he retires, he's just gonna be a solid quarterback that really he never won the big game. You know, I wouldn't want him in a big spot. That's the way I think of when I think of Matt Stafford.
1: Gotcha. So last thing I really wanted to cover with you here. What's the biggest what's the biggest point you wanted to make on this division um overall? What we're gonna see this year?
0: Um biggest point, you know I don't wanna I don't wanna be basic and go back to the Vikings, but I just really think that last year was um, one of those years where the ball just didn't bounce their way. There were so many instances. There was like four fumbles in the Buffalo game, and that directly to one of the Bills players. You had the misfield goals by Daniel Carlson against Green Bay. You know, you had a, um, a, a, a huge turnover that I'll never forget against the Saints when they were driving. I mean, they had the Saints beat in the first half, and then they turned it over. You know, they had so many instances this year where you just felt like they were sneak-bitten. And I think that... Um, I don't think it can get that bad. I don't think it can get as, as bad as it was last year. So I, I just think sometimes a lot of football is... It's so fragile, you know. One fumble, one move, one misplay call can determine a game. And I, and I think that this year, the Vikings are going to find themselves on the other side of that. And I, and I think that... With all these additions, and and I think that him being able to go back to focus on the defense 100%, I think that is so essential for them. Um, But the number one player that I'm looking out for this year with the Vikes is Dalvin Cook. You know, he's only played 16 games in his career. He needs to have a full 16-game season this year. And so when he is in the game and he plays, he is very productive. So – that's the key guy that I'm looking out for this year. And I think the Vikings win this division at 10-6 and 6 or 11-5 and 5 this year. So that's basically my thought. And I think that, you know, the Packers and the Bears sneak in as a lot of fun.
1: Gotcha, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Where can they find if you want to find your content?
0: Well, you can go on TalkNorth.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at S-S-T-R-O-M-32. I'm on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and iTunes um, every Sunday morning. My um, show comes out. usually have some pretty good guests. I have Matthew Collar from ESPN 1500 coming on this weekend on Sunday. He'll talk about the bikes, pretty much the same thing that we went to, except he's been at training camp and practice in, uh, these last few weeks. So uh, that's where you can check it out.
1: And for anyone listening, I definitely suggest you check this guy out. He's amazing. He does everything really well. I listen to his stuff. It's fantastic. Thank you for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks, brother.